Hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick update as to uh, why these episodes were delayed as long as they were. Um, DA Fabe and I have been working really hard on getting the sound quality better, and every time we make a step forward, we seem to take a step back in a different way. Uh, we think we finally figured out the uh, way to do it, uh, but on some of these episodes, we're uh, kind of a medium where we got better sound quality, but we got this weird robot voice going anytime we tried to talk over each other. So, um, but we found another way. It's just led to a little bit of a delay in the publishing of these episodes. Uh, these both were recorded during the week, but by the time they're going to go live, some of the information in it might be a little dated. Uh, but we hope uh, you still enjoy it. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you. Welcome to a very special episode of Raw and Order. Um, we just kind of decided we wanted to do this kind of on a whim, but it's been something that's been at least, you know, floating through my mind a lot recently. And I, I'm pretty sure DA Fabe uh, has been thinking about it as well. Um, as always, I am Officer Mark Smarks. I am joined by Erwin Michael Keith Fabe, uh, DA for the Fabe. Wrestling Booking Unit. Uh and we just wanted to kind of talk really quickly about uh, titles and why they're important and why they're they're not. Um, <laughs> so, so the uh, the the reason it's kind of topical right now is there's all the talk going on about uh, Hell and Cell coming up uh, later this week when we have Seth Rollins facing off against the Fiend for the Universal Title. And uh, the the uh, wrestling pundits, is that what they're called? I'm going to call them. Yeah, pundits. Wrestling pundits uh, go back and forth about what they're supposed to do. Have they booked themselves into a corner? Is there a way they can do it with without ruining the title uh, or ruining the Fiend character? This and that. And uh, they go back and forth, and some people come up with ways that the Fiend can win but not want the title. And some people say there's no way uh, that can happen. Either he has to win uh, and, and be after the title, or he has to lose. And then there are other people who say, but if he loses, then it ruins the Fiend. And, you know, it just it can get kind of nasty from there. Yeah. But I think at, at the root of this conversation is... Why are titles worth anything? Or are they worth anything, really? Even kayfabe level, are they are they yeah. worth especially, something? Especially kayfabe level. Um, we've had this conversation a bit before. Uh, we've even mentioned it on the WBU and the FBI uh, cases, where um, we don't think, we personally don't think that uh, every wrestler should necessarily be after a title and every feud shouldn't necessarily be about a title well and there was a time in history when that was the case when there were things like grudge matches mm-hmm uh yeah a hogan versus ultimate warrior uh you know, it started off about a title but in the end it was about getting those wins yeah. Um, or get back. Yeah, getting back that win, I guess. Um, 
uh, Hogan versus Macho Man was very, very often not about a title. Uh, yeah. Often about Miss Elizabeth. But well, and, that's and another story. Frequently, um, you know, I mean, you can you can even take a look at uh, shoot. Uh, the brothers, uh, um, when Rick and Scott Steiner went after each other because Scott had turned on Rick, mm-hmm. you know, that made sense. Yeah. Or Owen and Brett. Yep, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of those cases where, you know, the the title isn't involved or important, even if it is involved. That is more about about the feud. Um, but but going back even even more importantly. You know, in the heyday of professional wrestling, for us, of course, that was the mid-90s, mid to late-90s, when you had the war going on on Monday nights. You had both sides pushing the envelope and trying to get better and trying to do more stuff uh, and and succeeding in some ways and, and failing in other ways. And eventually, one team won out and, and the, the big team lost. Sorry, that was yeah. uh, bias coming through a bit. Um, but so, uh, but but one of the things that was kind of important during that time is that the feuds that did revolve around the title, the titles always felt like they were worth something, yeah. and they felt like they were worth something, at least in my opinion, because they were presented as more than just a championship title, right? Well, it wasn't just that you were the champion, it was that championship got you things it's no secret rick flair is widely recognized as the most decorated champion in history mm-hmm. whether you subscribe to the 16 time whether you subscribe to something else he is widely recognized as the most decorated champion in history rick flair was styling and profiling Woo! Mm-hmm. and Whoa. and why did he style and profile uh, because the championship afforded him the ability to, right? The storyline was, the kayfabe storyline was because he was champion, he earned more money. And, and widely known that he didn't yes. now. Yeah, now we know that. But at the time, the storyline, and that's why, you know, separating real life knowledge from kayfabe is important in this one. But uh, yeah. the kayfabe storyline was by being the champion, you got more money, got paid more. Um, by being the champion, you also got other benefits, including... Uh, uh, Limousine riding. Yep, limos, private dressing rooms, private airplanes, hotels, all of that stuff. You also had uh, the ability to choose whether to accept a challenge or not. I mean, that was a storyline for people like Hogan, where they could say, "I'm not, I'm not going to accept uh, your champion, and I have the right to refuse this from you." Correct. And and they they use that as a storyline, but it also was part of the whole concept of being the champion. That being the champion was worth more than just the belt that you carried around your waist and the amount of, of prestige it gained you. 
Oh, and and I think I think it's played out in other sports that the champion definitely uh, is, is not just the most prestigious player in that game, but also it's paid for. Just, just kind of looking down the thing, uh, the championship of Major League Baseball. If you're a player on the team, uh, if you're a player on the team that wins the championship in Major League Baseball, you get a bonus of around $400,000 just by being a player on that team. Right? And it, it changes year to year, but the bonus is still always there. The player on the team, on the championship team, gets paid more. Right? NBA, it's about the same thing. Um, players split uh, up uh, and the rough estimate for the average payout uh, to a player on a 15-man roster is $200,000 plus take, right? Um, the uh, NHL uh, each player on the championship team makes somewhere about $60,000 uh, even Major League Soccer uh, which is not really major league in America, but they still get $10,000 or so more per player, which um, considering how little they actually make, is a big deal, right? Um, and and the, you Well, know, and in any other major leagues in soccer, that number... Oh yeah, that's why I said, this is just in America. I've got a list of, of worldwide... Uh, which changes the thing. But in America, these things play out. I mean, even if you look at at the NFL, it's a little tougher because you get a bonus um, for uh, how, you know, your playoff game, each game has a different bonus. So if you, like this this last year, you uh, won in a wild you got either uh, twenty-eight thousand or thirty-one thousand, depending on if you were a wild card or uh, a division. Uh, okay. You uh, in in the division playoff, you got thirty-one thousand player. Um, uh, this is barring any bonuses that the team gives them too. Yeah. But that's on top of the thirty thousand or twenty-eight thousand that you got the previous game too. Uh, yeah. If you go to the conference championship and you win that, six thousand uh, player that goes on, and then if you win, that's uh, hundred twenty-four thousand. Uh, which means if you were the division champion, that. Uh, went on and won it all per player, it's almost $200,000 extra, right? Uh, That championship is worth more than just being able to hold up that trophy. Which, don't get me wrong, it's still the primary goal. It's still the primary goal, but even for the lowest paid player on that team, uh, that is a significant amount of money. Now, does that in, in those in those sports that we have? Does that include practice rosters? Um, 
if for for the the Super Bowl one, I believe it's only active roster. Practice squad does not. But I don't know about the other ones. But still, you know, if you're if your base pay, uh, you know, third string defensive end or whatever, uh, you know, a two hundred thousand dollar bonus uh, is a significant chunk of change, uh, and you get the Super Bowl ring, uh, the of the belt, right? Uh, to brag about it, you get to brag about all this stuff, but it's there's a financial pay. I mean, a lot of people could live many, many years on $200,000. I could live at least four years off of $200,000. Uh, no problem. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Literally changed my life. And and that's what I think right now in, especially WWE, we don't know the storyline for AEW right now uh, regarding their championship. They've got the joy, they've got the ability to kind of set their own rules and and expectations for champion uh, now, you know. Uh, but in the past, it was always played off like being the champion got you additional perks. But they don't play it that way now. Like Seth Rollins still shows up uh, in a t-shirt and, you know, uh, stretchy, skinny jeans. Uh, well, I am going to go ahead and say Seth Rollins, though. Did get the woman part of being the champion down. I mean, he got Becky Lynch. Well, I, I don't know. Did he get Becky Lynch or did Becky Lynch get him? <laughs> so if she's the man, what does that make him? He's the man's man. And she's the man's man's man. Okay, man. Man, now we're going down a manhole. <laughs> uh, well, so, I mean, well, if you go worldwide, right? The sports they line up fairly similar, but like if you win, you know, mentioning uh, uh, soccer or as they call it football, uh, the UEFA Champions League, um, the the players got a significant amount of money like a absolutely significant uh, the uh, runner up in the 2014 to 2015 season Juventus I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right uh, <laughs> they were the runner up they earned almost 90 million dollars uh, in bonuses per player or for the team for the team but that's still uh, it's well over a million a piece. Well over a million a piece, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's that was years ago. You know, there's, there's yeah. a huge. We're not talking up there. We're just simply talking annual leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And We're that's not talking. Uh, and and it, I mean, it just goes down. You know, so many of the the, the U.S. Open. Uh, Winner of the men's and women's singles match earned $3.7 million in price. Well, and that was where I was going to go. So, obviously, this is um, sports entertainment is treated more as an individual sport. 
um, with tag teams, obviously, and there's teams and whatnot, but there's also doubles in, in tennis. There's also, you know, things like that. Um, and, and number one, you know, so Brock has the whole sponsorship from Jimmy John's, mm-hmm. you know, cool thing. Why don't we have more sponsorship? We've talked about cool ways we could do that um, in professional wrestling. I really loved our Titus Worldwide idea. We'll come back to that because I think the fan, I think the jury needs to hear that. Because oh, yeah, um, that's that was so much fun. And it was long before we ever did the podcast. Um, but, you know, on these individual sports and, and golf, Tiger Woods wasn't the best played athlete in the world because of of individual successes on the golf course yes those successes made a big deal but he's charismatic and and he did those things that that made him more money um, with sponsorships and so i think i think opening that up helps some i also think it would reduce some costs for uh vkm and so voodoo matt Voodookin uh, Madness or Magic or whatever, yeah, their name was Mafia. That's what it was, Voodookin Mafia. So, yeah, not not Vincent Kennedy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Anyway, I think it, I think it opens up a lot for for WWE by doing that sponsorship thing. Number one for incomes, because then yeah, if I'm if I'm a title holder, I'm on television. If I'm on television, I'm getting sponsorship bucks. Just like every time somebody listens to this podcast, we get sponsorship dollars. Um, whether it was the- necessarily say sponsorship dollars. Sponsorship pennies. <laughs> but every time somebody listens, we get a little bit there. Um, and the same would go in that situation where you started allowing that sponsorship. I can't fathom that Jimmy Johns was paying Brock to stay at home most of last year. I do. I would fathom that they were paying him very well every time he was on television. Um. And he's the only guy who's been allowed to do that. So there's that benefit, too, even if that was there. Because we talked a little bit in preparation for this about Evander Holyfield versus Mike Tyson. Evander Holyfield won the fight. Mike Tyson bit off a dude's ear. That's what legitimately happened. Evander Holyfield did not make as much as Mike Tyson in that fight. But he made more than if he would have lost. Yes. It's okay to have the contract amount because of your draw being bigger, be higher, i.e., right now the Fiend. The Fiend is the biggest draw in WWE. I almost said in pro wrestling, but there is some argument to that. In WWE, it's pretty deniable. Well, I don't know. There's some argument as to whether or not he's the biggest draw. He is definitely the The best storyline and the best storyline. But in terms of draw, are people actually showing up to see The Fiend? And I think right now they are. And I, I would say that the evidence isn't really there to support it, to be perfectly honest. Like, the hardcore fans like you and I love The Fiend, but, but attendance figures have not changed significantly since The Fiend. True, true. Uh, uh, well, and, but they didn't change when Brock showed up. Says he's the biggest draw in wrestling. He's not. So, but that's the deal. Is is and and viewership hasn't significantly changed either. And if he was, if he was the biggest draw, 
uh, then he would have a positive effect on at least one of those numbers, if not both of them, I think. And yeah. the fact that they haven't seen that, I think, plays into it. But, but regardless of whether he's the biggest draw, he's in a championship match. Um, they booked themselves into that storyline. Uh, and whether whether it uh, booked themselves into a corner or not, we can argue back and forth about. I personally think uh, it's a little bit of a corner because I think, and you and I have had this conversation, that The Fiend uh, shouldn't necessarily be about the championship. And and most people, I was ast- I'm astonished at the number of people who agree with that. Yeah. Um, and- we had this conversation when it was Bray before he was even the fiend. We thought I would have loved to have seen, and, and I know both of us said this. Now this is two to three years ago. Um, I would have loved to have seen the fiend, or not the fiend, Bray directing traffic for Braun Strowman's world championship. I would have loved to have seen Bray and, and Braun basically hand the title over to Bray um, knowing full well that Braun's the champion. Bray knowing that Braun's the champion. Bray not not a million dollar, dollar man-esque thing, but a tribute. This is a tribute to my master type setup. Um we we would have loved to have seen it with that. We would have loved to have seen it with with uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, who were part of the Wyatt family, obviously. Any member of that back when the Wyatt family was um, was uh, his his primary gimmick. Um, just as a character, uh, Mister Rotunda uh, <laughs> um, is is capable of doing that awkward leader or awkward I don't want a title I want control but that's that's what he's got right now and that's why I don't think like they booked themselves into a corner because now they are in this where he he does have to either win the title or, or lose or lose but if he loses that stands a significant shot of taking a lot of the the air out of the sails of the fiend. Correct. Even if he loses in some sort of a a schmoz, you know what I mean? It's still, you know, the fiend was supposed to be this monster and he lost to a normal guy. Yeah, uh, way too soon. Now, so, a, a vacating of the title or Oh, what a wonderful toy I have! You know, type uh, type of uh, thing. You know, that's cool. But then, are you devaluing said title? Yeah. Well, but that's the deal is, and putting it in Hell in a Cell is really what booked them into the corner. Because if they'd have put it in just a normal match, they could have had it disqualification. Yeah, he loses by disqualification because he's just so vicious. The ref has to has to call the match, you know, and then he still looks like a monster, and Seth gets to keep the the belt. Um, but but they didn't do that; they put it inside Hell in a Cell. So the only way out of this is him to win. But it still gets us around to. Or now now that said, there is one more more way around it, and if you roll it back to the original Hell in a Cell, I think any interference. 
even from Kane, devalues the fiend. Uh, no. I, I, no, I wasn't saying that. I think what I'm what I'm referring to is not necessarily interference from Kane or from. I I think that you could have the fiend choose a different target during the match. I I still think the simple fact is just it, leaving the ring and not getting the win, but not necessarily taking a loss. Well, but it's in Hell in a Cell, so he shouldn't be able to get out of the ring without winning the match. That's the whole point of Hell in a Cell is to keep you inside the cell. Um, but once again, uh, they built this up so far, especially in the past couple weeks, where he is obviously going after. Uh, Seth Rollins. In fact, so much that he's protecting Seth Rollins from other people so that Seth Rollins is his. Yeah, I, I want this 100% guy. This guy is mine. Um, but but that's the deal. I mean, we, we still come full circle to why does the title matter? And if he, if he wins and doesn't care about the title, does it devalue the title? Um, and I, I think as of right now, no, because the title really doesn't have a value right now. It is simply a bragging right because kayfabe, storyline-wise, it does not get you any benefit. The same thing with uh, the Universal title, same thing with the World title, same thing with the Intercontinental title and the title and even... I'm going to pick it up in here, the 24-7 championship, which I think kind of shows the heart of this whole matter because they introduced the 24-7 championship. They uh, have no K-Fame storyline as to why anyone would want this other than, hey, it's a championship. You've got to defend it 24-7. And... And then they've got all these people chasing after it, but they've never explained why anyone would want it. And they've even gone so far recently to have both uh, uh, Truth and Carmella uh, repeatedly talk about how it is, it, it's kind of an albatross around their neck. Uh, uh, down. They've got to defend 24-7. They've got to be on their toes. They can't sleep. They, they can't take their eyes off the ball. But, but what benefit does it give them other than Storyline finds nothing. They don't get a limo. They don't get a private jet. Uh, in fact, uh, that played into the storyline because if... Um, they, they were on a group jet where he took it from Jinder. Yeah, if Jinder had been on a private jet because he was the winner, then... Our uh, truth never would have won it back, you know. And so it gives them there. There's no benefits to being a title holder. Yet we're supposed to say that the titles matter. We're supposed to say that it's important for people to have the title. And that's I think the matter is that they need to reestablish why someone would want a title in the first place. They need to reestablish that. Being the champion gets you some sort of benefit. Even the twenty four seven champion should at and least that get. Benefit you. doesn't have to be again. That that benefit doesn't have to be financial. No, but it has to be something. Whether it's even a private dressing room. Hey, you're the twenty four seven champion. You don't earn any more money, 
but you've got your private dressing room. That's your safe haven. That's the one place no one can try to pin you. Um, or, or hey, you're the 24-7 champion. Um, here's a Quiznos gift card. Yeah, here's a Quiznos gift card. Or, or Jimmy John's gift card. Or, or whatever. Or, hey, you're the 24-7 champion. You get extra merch. Here, we're going to help you design a 24-7 champion shirt. Yeah, a merch shirt. You get uh, a percentage of all 24-7 championship replica belts that sell or whatever, although I don't know why anyone bought a replica belt of that ugly thing. <laughs> well, that's the deal. I mean, even if it's... Oh, even sports, if it's I think I just took out your participating present. What was that? I said that... Pardon me, I said I think I just picked out your Christmas present. No, please don't. If you're going to get a replica of any belt at all, either the AEW Championship or the Big Gold Belt. Ah, uh, but the Big Gold Belt doesn't exist anymore. I'm sure they still sell it online. Oh, there are lots of places you can get the get replicas of them, and you can even get them with uh, custom nameplates or, or nameplates of, of famous people who've carried it. Um, of course, Ric Flair is the most common uh, nameplate for people to get on the big gold belt because he with your own nameplate. You can put your own nameplate on it, custom nameplate, or you can choose a wrestler. I, of course, if I had to choose a wrestler, would choose Sting. You know that I would have Sting yeah. gold belt on my belt. Um, the tough thing is, it's hard to find a WCW big gold belt. Most of the replicas do it as the WWF big gold belt. Um, they do I own it. Fine. I can do that. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. In the end, being the WWE champion or the Universal champion, from a storyline standpoint right now, doesn't get you anything more then if I were to drop a bunch of money and buy a very high-end replica of the WWE Universal True, true. Well, and the other, here's, here's another, because there's the other side of that coin when we talk about what makes a championship more valuable, what makes it more presti- valuable, what makes it more prestigious. Um, because let's just say it is simply for the bragging rights. What bragging rights are there to the roll-up championship called the 24-7 title? None. None There's bragging rights. Congratulations, um, Drake Maverick, i.e. Rockstar Spud, on being the second best guy at performing a roll-up. You know? Um, The second best guy not in the main event. Yes. Multiple times, uh, the the whole squad of them go running by AJ Styles or someone, and AJ Styles like I don't want a part of that stupid belt. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing is it devalues that. I mean, hey, don't you want a title, AJ? No, I like my rest. Yeah. Oh, like and there's there. So that's another thing you could do with that. You can exchange the twenty four seven title for a title shot. Yes. If you can maintain it for a certain amount of time. Well, and that 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 plays into one of the the old kayfabe uh, benefits of being certain title holders, 
not in almost always right after he won it went after the world championship and i do not know of a time it was ever won but he almost always on television went after the world championship it used to be officially in the rule book for wcw that the uh television champion uh could be not turned in but was considered the number one contender for the united states champion and the united states championship was considered the number one contender for the world champion and that doesn't mean that they automatically went into a feud with the world champion but it meant that at some point in the future you could expect to see that person try to go to the next level and that was always the storyline that you wanted to be the U.S. title holder because it, so that you could get to the world title, and you wanted to be the world title holder so that you could be the limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, whatever else he said. Love a gun, uh, because the storyline was being the world champion made you money or or got you benefits like. Like, uh, you know, like I said before, you had the ability to say no to a challenge. Um, you had the championship's advantage, um, which is about the only kayfabe storyline kept with the, with the title. Yeah, you can keep the title if you walk away. Yes. But uh, but so I just can't, you know, uh, back in, in the glory days for us, I cannot remember the, the amount of times that uh, the the United States champion was, was you know, in the hunt for the world champion. It just happened all the time that that the United States champion would eventually challenge for the world champion, and it happened quite a few times where he would win and then have to vacate the U.S. champion. Um, yeah, well, Goldberg, Goldberg actually had to vacate the U.S. title. And that's the deal. Is it, it gives you a storyline there um, where not only did they want to win the U.S. title so that they could have a shot at the world title, but then they had to keep it long enough for them to get their eventual shot at the world title, which meant they had to defend the U.S. title multiple times um, so that in the end at their given time they could try to go for the world title so it, it really built, built storylines and it, it built prestige for the belt so I don't think The Fiend not caring about the world title or the universal title devalues the universal title because at the moment I don't feel like it's got much value well, and that's, that's the other part to that. What The other piece to the puzzle that I was going to say about the, the titles not having prestige. So one of the things that they adhered to while the, the WWE recently adhered to uh, while Brock had the title for over, well, for a record amount of time. Number one, that upsets a whole lot of CM Punk fans because he held it longer or held it for more defenses than Brock ever did. Uh, I think then maybe Brock's ever had <laughs> um, over that time period that Brock broke. But the other thing that was such a big deal is we're adding prestige to this title because 
he's holding on to it for so long. I remember a time when the title gained value because it was changing hands. Like especially if it was tight fought battles. You know? Yeah. I mean and then Mick Foley won Mick Foley won the world championship what twice Mick Foley did? I can't remember. I can look it up. We know for once against the rock, right? And held it less than a week. I think it was less than twenty four hours. But I'm gonna just say less than a week because I don't I, I don't remember for sure. Added value to the title. More importantly, added value to Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. That's my point. The title bouncing back and forth between two people, whether it's Hogan to Macho Man and Macho Man back to Hogan, um, showing that it's it's they're both at the top of their game. And, uh, you know, and any given Monday, one of them could win it, you know? That, that helps build the, the championship, and it helps build those people, you know? Especially if they're tight-fought, good matches, not just, uh, uh, you know, roll-up victories, but actual, like, victories sort of uh, to yeah. answer your question, he uh, Mick Foley held the championship three times. Three times, okay. But the one from The Rock was 24 hours, is that right? Rock got it back on Monday. So, didn't really matter. Here's the other piece to that puzzle. And, and this is something I loved that we haven't seen. I can guarantee we haven't seen this in over 20 years. In, and that was the title change that was in no way, shape, or form televised. Mm-hmm. We still have house shows. I got to ask you a question. Why would you go to a house show to watch your favorite wrestler take on challenge for the title? Why? I'm not going to go to that house show. You know why? My favorite wrestler's not going to win that title. No chance. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. It's not televised. I don't have cameras there. Not televised. Sorry. Not going. You know? And I remember tuning in on Raw some weeks. And I remember tuning in to Saturday morning recaps with Todd Pettengill. I really miss Todd Pettengill. Have I mentioned that? Anyway, um, I remember tuning into those things and going, oh, my gosh, Jeff Jarrett beat Razor Ramon? Yeah. You know, or whatever it may have been. And so that's the other piece to that. You're deval- you devalue so much by trying to maintain value for something that quite frankly doesn't have a lot because you're too busy valuing it incorrectly because what makes it valuable is the fans perception of the value of it and that's the most important piece what is our perception of right now well, we'll just say it. What is our perception? What is your perception of the Universal versus the WWE Championship? Well, I mean, right now, I would say... Uh, <laughs> right now, I'd say neither of them have a whole lot of value, but but I'd say Kofi's has at least a little bit more value. Yeah. And we spent how long trying to, to put more value on the, on the Universal? Mm-hmm. You know, but part of the reason we didn't get that value, and part of the reason Kofi's has more value, 
these two particular characters. Number one, we didn't see Brock ever lose. We knew that he was getting booked to win, even against Braun, even against uh, Roman, um, all of those situations. And number two, with Kofi, we got to see AJ hold it for a year, who was widely recognized as one of the best wrestlers in the world. And number two, we got to see the one that everybody wanted to see win, not barring ourselves, uh, Daniel Bryan take the title off of AJ, and now it's on Kofi. So in, in a two-and-a-half-year period, we have three different champions. And I'm not saying we haven't had – well, we haven't. And it, in that same two-and-a-half-year period, we've had the exact same number of champions. And maybe, if not for cancer, cancer sucks, we have a little more prestige built to that universal title. Yeah. That's right. I'm I'm actually on Wikipedia trying to trying to find uh house show title changes uh to see if there's any that we're just not remembering. Uh, I don't think it's fifteen years. I really don't. I mean I also excluding the WWE twenty four seven champion. Yeah, I, the, well, I, I mean, I guess theoretically the airport was one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, not really even a house show. Uh, the WWF championship changed to when Diesel won it from Bob Backlund in 94, and that's the only notable time uh, that yeah. Wikipedia has. They do also have unrecognized uh, title changes. But most of those were tag titles, you know, where it changed the house show, but they don't recognize it on TV. The IC belt has changed a few times, but nothing really big. Uh, in 2007, the U.S. title, AJ Styles beat Kevin Owens to win it at a show at Madison Square Garden. Okay, so there's one. That's 12 years ago. Uh, 2017, so... Two years. Oh, okay. Two years ago. I thought you said seven. I'm sorry. I might have said seven. I, you know, was reading and, and talking at the same time. So the that we had was 15 years. And I don't remember them making a big deal out of that. I do remember the Diesel one. They made a huge deal out of it because it was also the fastest world title win in history um, at eight seconds. Kick a powerbomb. But, I mean, here's the deal is... You know, even if you don't have it be canon or have them lose it back to the other guy at the next house show, you know, it still creates a storyline and, and a reason to go to the house shows. Um, which WWE right now is fighting because uh, no one wants to go to the house shows because nothing ever happens at the house shows. Well, and of course, the television. Um, the the players that pay the big bucks, which is Fox USA, um, right now, they pay those big bucks to not have that happen. But the undercard titles can do that. There is no shame in having the U.S. title change hands on Wednesday in Lafayette, Louisiana, and then on Friday in Austin, Texas. Well, and. That yes, that brings us to the bigger uh, argument as to how television has changed uh, wrestling in general, because uh, it used to be television was really just to advertise for the house shows, and the house shows were where uh, the 
made their money. And so what happened on a television show was all supposed to build up to see us at your local, uh, you know, wherever we're playing. Bob's Bob's local bar. Win the belt. Yeah. But I think we're getting a little off topic on, on the... But titles had more value then, and that's what I'm talking about. I think the ability to change titles, the, the titles to change hands, means something. I think just I think like just like not having them change twelve times in an episode means something. Because here's the deal: I think the twenty four seven title has more value if it doesn't change time, change hands twelve times in an episode, but changes hands twelve times throughout the week. Well, and we, and we've talked about this. I'd love to see more value if people actually win it um, with a wrestling move that's not a role. You know, if our uh, truth is carrying it, and I know right now our truth isn't the champion, um, so put your keyboards down. Don't worry about it. Um, but uh, if our truth loses it because he walks around a corner and takes a super kick to the face, that build value into that championship. Uh, and this kind of goes to your black mass idea. Here's the other thing. You don't you don't ever defend a 24-7 championship. And that devalues it a little bit. Yeah. And so I think I think if they tweaked the rules for the 24-7 a bit and said you have to challenge for it and the person has to accept but you can't just surprise pin him. It, it has to be a, I challenge you, ring the bell, then there's a fight, and then someone wins, right? I think that would make the bell. Ten-minute layover. I, I'm even fine if there's none of that. I'm, I just, you know, if R-Truth is walking along backstage and he comes around a corner and there's Drake Maverick with a referee and Drake Maverick says, I challenge you, and the referee pulls up, you know, just has a little, I don't even care if it's a triangle and goes ding, ding, and then drops it. And they have a little bit of a match there. It takes away the surprise roll up out of it and it turns it into an actual match. And then we would actually get to see that Drake Maverick is actually a pretty decent wrestler um, on top of being a good com- comedy act. Um, and then it would be a fight. And then uh, R-Truth could actually win it with his, you know, kick, scissors kick to the back of the head or whatever he does. Um, and and it would br- build up that belt more, right? If it was an actual challenged match instead of just a, hey, he walked around a corner and someone surprised him with a roll up or, uh, you know, or he, he hid in a room until... Uh, but, but in the end, you know, it's really about... You, you can, right now it lacks both prestige and and this is titles as a whole um, they lack both prestige and motivation there's not a particular motivation other than bragging rights I mean we literally and we talked about this on an, on an episode of WBU we literally watched the guy who just lost the world title or just lost a chance, uh, his, his chance at the universal championship decimate the entirety 
of the tag team championships. Mm-hmm. Four dudes got decimated by one guy. Um, they were all championship holders, and he wasn't. And and I know that we talked to and yeah, we're building up Braun and all this stuff, and I get that. But at the end of the day, those four dudes should have been able to take him, or they should have been in some way, shape, or form weakened before they even had to fight. Mm-hmm. Well, and that opens a whole other can of worms about how um, you, know, you have uh, uh, these wrestlers perform these horrendously devastating looking moves on a Sunday night at a pay per view, and then they come out Monday morning, and they're, you know, if at most they've got their ribs taped, but other than that, they're fine. And Seth Rollins is, is about as guilty as anyone of doing that, where he, you know, looks like he went through hell the night before, but he doesn't actually act like it. Um, but in reality, like, you know, these people should come out. Seth Rollins should have come out the Monday after uh, the last pay-per-view night of champions. And he should have just looked like he went through hell. And I'm not necessarily talking bad, like, black eye makeup, but, dude, have, have his arm in a sling, have him limp to the ring, you know, or whatever. Have his ribs taped up. Uh, you know, have it look like he went through hell. And the same thing with the tag, you know, those tag champions had a hell of a match the night before both sides. They should have come out and they won the championships, but also, you know, with, with their shoulders taped and and their knees braced and, and looking like they went through hell, which would have given a little bit more legitimacy to Braun just with them. Because, well, they obviously were injured really bad yesterday. You know? Yeah. That works. You know, um, the the Cody Rhodes uh, a face mat, broken broken nose thing. Yeah. Great way to Cody start Rhodes. an entry. Um, yeah. For months. It wasn't legitimate at the end. It was at least semi-legitimate at the beginning. So, this was expected to be just a short conversation. We kind of went off the rails. But I guess I just had some stuff I wanted to get off my chest with this. I just feel that the, the championship belts right now aren't worth anything because they haven't been set up to be worth anything by the WWE for years. Yeah, and it can be any type. There's more than just one type of them being worth something. They could be opportunity. They could be um, not just opportunity, but also uh, you know. Remember, uh, Impact does the the X Division title gives you a shot after after Bound for Glory at the World Championship. Uh, and you've got you can look other other. Uh, companies to see it doing it a little bit better. I don't know New Japan if they uh, specifically uh, try to play off that their champion uh, is worth more in some ways. Um, but I mean, uh, Kazuchika Akata is the rainmaker, and he would come out with like dollar bills falling down from the sky. So obviously, they're playing it off like him being the champion was at least more money and and you've had this whole tournament every year uh, to determine the number one contender for Wrestle Kingdom the next year 
to face Kazuchika Kata and won that, uh, has to defend that chance at least one time before Wrestle Kingdom. So you build up this prestige. The person facing the champion has to go through hell to get that shot to face the champion. And yeah because that other person now has that shot but has to defend it so you have the opportunity to build multiple people up and build prestige to the title build prestige to the we talked about it with king of the ring what does king of the ring gain you what does king corbin have now oh a gothic cape cool and a stupid entrance theme um but no i mean and you i know you didn't get to see raw this week but it actually plays into that a bit uh this week uh last week you had ray mysterio win uh five uh man um elimination match uh to win a shot at the universal champion this week and uh at the beginning of the show gets taken out by, Brett, uh, by Brock Lesnar. He is not able to compete and Rusev just walks in uh, and says, I want a shot at the championship and get the universal title shot at the end of the, the night. So, why did you have Rey Mysterio go through this hell if he was going to give him that shot? And more specifically, if you were going to give Rusev the shot, why not put him through that that gauntlet that you put uh, well or the same with I mean that happened at, at Royal Rumble and we were happy with the results Becky Lynch knocks somebody else out to take their spot yeah but the, but that's the deal I mean when we talked a little bit ago about how the WWE championship has more prestige one of the reasons it had more prestige is because to get his shot at the championship but it go through he had to go through multiple gauntlet matches to win yep. his shot. And then his friends had to go through a gauntlet match to win his shot. Yeah, there was stuff to be earned. Yeah, they, and, and you're right. And and so there is a little more prestige. It's just something has to be given to that. And and the easy route is money. Yeah. And that's why Ric Flair did it so well. The but the other routes are opportunities on the lower card titles um or uh you know you, you can do you can do uh like i said uh, a certain level of prestige i beat i'm in this upper echelon group of people and i think the benefit to a group of people is that you get you know triple h is very very hateable very very good at, at what he did back then so he's so hateable but then that put triple h and the rock and mankind and kane and undertaker and stone cold all on this upper echelon of of and 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 uh oh crap and kurt angle you know so you've got this upper echelon of guys who are all title worthy who over a two-year period every one of them held it you know and so you can do that on a regular basis and then that also allows you to raise up those upper mid cards and the lower lower main eventers to to a higher level umaga being the great wrestler being the very very entertaining wrestler he was um never won the title and he only got one shot at john cena 
and it was Umaga and it was done. So, so, so you know, I mean, challenge. This is my way of saying challenge led to WWE to make your titles mean more than a gold belt. And challenge to AEW to show us that you know this same same lesson right now. I mean, they've already at least done at least the the beginning steps of this. They uh, made the people go through a gauntlet of some sorts to even get their first shot at the person who uh, Chris Jericho had to go through matches to win it. And now immediately got offended. But they also have to still show us that they've made it worth something. And they haven't yet, but they haven't even had TV yet. I'm so excited for tomorrow. Uh, it's not even uh, For a couple of guys, it can be bragging rights. There can be a guy who's so wealthy, Chris Jericho, who, you know, I'm a lead singer of a top 40, um, top 40 rock band. I'm a longtime professional wrestler. I'm pretty, I, money isn't going to be the reason. But it can be for Sean Spears. I think I think the uh, better one for uh, bragging rights being the reason he goes after it is MJF. He's, yeah. He's already got the gimmick that he's better than you, and you know it. He's already got the gimmick that he comes from money. He's, he's rich himself. So isn't the, the motivation for him. It can be bragging rights. But you still have to show us that there is still a benefit to being the champion. And yeah. Rights guy. Not everyone can be Mr. Bragging Rights. You just can't have that. But even, even if you've got a guy who's Mr. Bragging Rights, there still has to be at least kayfabe some benefit to being the champion other than bragging rights. And like yep. whether that's just um just veto power, which which is really excellent when you have a heel champion because you can then have this whole thing where he says, No, I'm not gonna face you. Um yeah. you know, not unless you win this this gauntlet match. And then she's like, nah, I decided I still want to face you. you know, I have which, I have veto rights. Brian. So. You haven't earned it, you know? But we've talked for what I thought was going to be about half an hour, and we're basically at an hour now. So I think we're going to gonna end this conversation oh, yeah. now, uh, put it on the shelf to talk about a uh, future date. Want to hear ideas from the jury, though? Yes, definitely. Tweet at us your ideas. Uh, send us an anchor.fm voice message. Um, you can even shoot us an email uh, at rawandorderwbu at gmail.com uh, you can shoot us an email there I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what they can do to make the titles valuable uh, whether you think we're way off on on, on the titles and, and we're stupid idiots uh, to Chris Jericho um, you know but hopefully we just made this list yeah, we just made the list. But I just had to get some things off my chest. I figured, why not do it out into a podcast and send it out to the ether for other people to play in. Um, as we say every episode, like, share, subscribe, leave us five stars on your podcast platform of choice, uh, whether it's uh, 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 Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Um, 
five star reviews help us get into more ear holes, which helps us in ways you can't possibly imagine. Um, we also blue chew, blue chew, tell blue chew you heard about it from us. Don't tell blue chew that sponsors. They're not going to sponsor us until we get uh, a <laughs> subscribers. So that's actually what I'd really rather uh, focus on is subscribe and tell your friends. All right. Um, anyway. But, and then like I said on the last episode, Anchor.fm has a support section. Uh, so if you really like the show and you want to support us and help us make the show better, get better equipment, uh, and and find ways to be able to schedule and, and be a little bit better at that, um, you can always go to Anchor.fm uh, raw and order WBU and click that support and send us as little as a dollar a month uh, to really make a huge difference in us getting this podcast uh, together. So um, it's a lot more work putting together a podcast than most people think it is. And uh, just a little bit extra would help uh, us cover a lot of the expenses uh, that we're running into. Uh, even just getting better equipment to sound better and, and all that stuff. But we appreciate everyone who tuned into this and heard us um, ramble on for about an hour about uh, fake championship belts from a fake sports league. <laughs> uh, we hope to see you again later this week as we do our wrestling booking unit WBU show. Um, it'll be uh, recorded on the eve of the first Friday Night Smackdown in many, many years on Fox. So, And the night after the first AEW television broadcast. Yes. So there can be a lot of predictions and a lot of excitement around WBU this week. There's, there's a lot of prediction and excitement around wrestling in general. It is such a great time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, and I hope everyone out there listening is enjoying it. And uh, I know, you know, we just spent an hour talking about the fake wrestling belt for fake sports uh, league, but uh, we can't take this too seriously. Uh, just sit back and enjoy the ride. This is going to be a roller coaster for at least a few months as AEW finds its feet, as uh, uh, WWE finds its ways to compete. It's going to be uh, a fun ride. Grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy it. Uh, but For 10 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, also, I, you know, just speaking of as many hours as there are, there's way too many hours for us to properly uh, document all of the crimes and all of the fantasy booking that should go on. So just like I said earlier about sending us your thoughts on the championship belt, send us your uh, wrestling crime and send us your fantasy booking ideas because uh, we'd love to hear from you guys and we'll have uh, additional ideas to go on to your show. But that will do it for now. Um, you know, from me, Mr. Mark Smarks, and from me, DA Fabe. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.